Hey, what's going on, guys? Phil here with Podcast 212. I am so excited about today's guest. You see him already. Someone most of you guys already know and or sort of know, and that is Mr. Pardue. How are you doing, sir? Hi, I'm doing good, and it's Pardo. Pardo. Thank oh, you. Yeah. All right, let's oh, no clarify. Problem. First off, you have a very interesting first name, Blaine. Is there any yes. like backstory to that? Is that... No, my parents wanted to pick something that didn't rhyme with something obscene, so this is what they came up with. Gotcha, gotcha. I was going to say, I've never heard of anybody else with Blaine as a, anyways, so anyways, it's It's, it's a fun name. It, it's yeah. a good name. People are always asking me, what's your real name? You know, because Blaine Pardo sounds like a pseudonym. Pseudo, yeah, for yeah. a writer's name or something like that. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, this is exciting. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've been a fan of your work and all the other authors out there in Battletech since I was 12 years old. So Okay, now you're making me feel really old. Well, well that's, that's sorry, that's not my intention. I make uh, my old no, co-host, no, co Darren, Darren uh, that's his job. But um, yeah, so I'm super excited to sit down and, of course, uh, talk to you about Battletech. And I think that's where the majority of listeners out there will know you from my audience is is Battletech. Because sure. that's, uh, you know, and of course, we have a lot to talk about, some some new stuff coming out, of course. But um, let me just ask you, how the heck, and you may have answered this plenty of times, how the heck did you get involved with Battletech in the first place? Like, where did this journey start? It started with the first tech readout. I had sent Faza a typed and, and when i say typed i mean this was back before computers uh scenario set for their star trek role-playing game and they said oh this is great we're going to publish it and i was like that was so cool because that was one of the fir first things i really got professionally published i had a piece done in the dragon once but that was really that was really cool and they said but before we publish this we got this thing called battle droids we want to do some scenario sets and a tech readout. And are you interested? And I said, sure. I don't know what a tech readout is. I don't know what a battle droid is, but you know, if you're going to pay me to write, I'm in. Um, yeah. So they provided me a copy of the game and some background notes, which, you know, we didn't have a lot of Canon material back then. And I got to do a bunch of the original mechs and the original first tech readout. So this is my 35th year, 36th year doing battle tech yeah. writing for the universe. So That's amazing. Yeah. After that, the every every few months it was like, hey, okay, we got a new idea. We want you to try to do this. Or do you have any ideas? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just kept snowballing. Yeah. And and it's fun. I love the game. I love playing it. Yeah, you know, last year and a half I've been playing MechWarrior online. No, yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> you about that. Or, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I see. Every I see you in there. Of yeah. The game, you yeah. Know? So well, it's fun. It's it's a great universe to write in. I mean, it was Game of Thrones before we had Game sure. of Thrones. Yeah, and most definitely. It's just fun, and the group of guys I work with are phenomenal. You know, and and it's a really good team. And I've been fortunate to work with some really good writers over the years. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to do. Gotcha. So you were given the ability to write a, a, a TRO source book, basically for battle droids and then uh, battle tech. And how do you even tackle something like that? I mean, obviously you're basically creating something out of nothing, right? I mean, you're, you're yeah. taking bits that they're showing you or something like, can you go through the process? Like, how was that for you as a, a 
I want to say, were you a newer writer or you had you already been established? What what was that? I've been doing a lot of writing in college and, and I enjoyed creative writing. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, with Battletech, we didn't have a depth of background at, for the first tech readout. So when they said do it, they sent us photocopies of mechs. Sure. And the first one, we did kind of a tryout. They all sent us, they sent us the riflemen and they said, bunch of you guys we want you to write up here's format you want you know we want the the technical specs the detail of the back of the mech on how it works etc and then a few pilots yeah but we, that was literally the wow. entire guideline we were given <laughs> and so like a bunch of us submitted the same ones you know for the same mech and they said okay a bunch of mechs are in the mail to you <laughs> All right. And some of them had stats, some didn't. Sure. So the ones that didn't have stats, we were like, okay, we went and built the max using the rules. And yeah. So it's it was it was fun. And it was great in the early days because you didn't have to worry about canon. You didn't have to worry about well, somebody else talking about this unit because you you were making it up as you went along. Sure. Uh, as you got as we got along further when you got into the era where I was doing like Comstar Sourcebook and some of the other stuff. You had to really watch what had been already established in the universe. It's become, I, I think it would be daunting for anyone to step into writing Battletech new. And we've got some great new writers who are coming in. But man, I'll tell you, I would not want to come into this universe. <laughs> this would be like jumping into 40 Warhammer 40K yes. and trying to write in the Black was, Library. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I'm a good writer. But I would have to consume millions of words to get to the point where I'm comfortable telling stories in that universe. Yeah, definitely. I can see that analogy too. To war yeah, I was literally just thinking about that. I mean, the depth. I mean, uh, whether it's uh, obviously stories or personnel connected or the history or like events that have taken place, battles. I mean, all that. But like little stuff like. Uh, scale of like mechs and the, how that's discussed in a lot of the novels or like oh, yeah. the sort of anthropomorphic means of like, it's almost like a humanoid walking and stuff. If you just think they're just robots and you just start talking like that, then, you know, yeah, I can see where that. Well, and there's stuff from. we've never agreed on that. You know, we had this running joke and it came up again. It comes up like once a year among the writers and somebody's like, somebody's like, somebody wants to know new writer, what color are the lasers? And it's like, we have never like been able to land on that. And there was a standard back in the FASA days, but different writers have come in and done different things. And we're just like, look, they are different colors and you just gotta let, yeah. you don't, that's something you can't drill out because the minute you do, you're going to have to go back and rewrite hundreds of books yeah. to make it work. So don't, don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every time it comes up, like Lauren and I laugh uh, when it comes up because it's like, look, this keeps coming up. You're never going to solve this. Yeah. You know, it's like we good all question. Have a different standard. Yeah, good question. Meh, let's just, just you don't go want this way. the answer to yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> use your imagination. Just the answer would be like yes, like yes. What what are the colors? Yes, you know. Yeah, and just move as on. long as you're not going pink, we're okay. <laughs> So, man, that's that's crazy. I mean, and of course, I've I've got to meet uh, uh, Jordan Wiseman uh, now a few times because MetCon and just like being able to talk and we've done podcasts with him and to. But really, you guys got to set the tone of what he would say Game of Thrones uh, said in like the Cold War, you know, like all these vibes. 
did that did you take inspiration from that from i mean obviously real world events but like did that influence you i mean at all absolutely even even in the stuff i'm writing today real world events kind of spill in it, it, the key is to do it so that it's not right in a reader's face. Sure. I have not had anybody come out and go, oh, I saw what you did there in that book. Ah, you're, you're pointing to this or that. Yeah, I, I haven't had that yet. So I know I'm doing it very subtly. But a lot of that stuff comes up and you have to factor it in. So it, it's great because we get together every few years. The writers get together. We have a summit. And we kind of go, okay, what are we going to do for the next three years? <laughs> and we map out the storyline. So here's what are going to be the key events. Here are the novels that are going to drive those key events. Here's who's going to do those novels and the sequence that we're going to do them. And then that gets adjusted as we go. You know, it, there's certain things that don't work out, certain things that work out better. Um, sometimes you get a novella that becomes a novel. Uh, you know, they just, because of the scope change and stuff. So you kind of go down that path. So we did a writer summit last year and it was a lot of fun. I mean, we got together in September, had a lot of drinks, did like 16 hour days, yeah. <laughs> you know, hammering through, you know, what do we want the next three years to look like? Because sure. everything kind of, you know, it's not just telling the stories from the novel. It's all the source books hanging off of that. The tech readouts hang off of that. The map sets hang off of that. There's a lot of product that goes with that, right down to the you know miniatures with Ironwood metals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a complicated process, but it's a lot of fun. You know, and it's great. You sit down and you bash heads with guys like Mike Stackpole and sure. Lauren and Randall, and you know hash out ideas and so and we're seeing her arguing over things that don't exist which is hilarious <laughs> you know? someone fact checks they're like guys what are we talking about like what like gotcha yeah so man that's uh obviously from BattleTech uh at a young age when i got into it it was interesting because i sided with clans early on like that idea again being 12 13 14 15 16 and that sort of idealistic uh warrior be the best you can be sort of you know uh i don't know if it influenced me going in the military but i'm, I'm sure a part did of like that got to strive to be the best you want to be the best and you got to prove right and that sort of that young man in me uh, uh but it changed when i got older i realized that like that that flip and i, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that before like uh, maybe someone has but like as a as a reader i now see the uh, the dire uh, straight that, at least in the lore, you know, the inner sphere was being invaded. And I, and I make those connections uh, to being an American or if something were to happen to us or something like that, you know, all that. I don't know. Has anybody ever like talked to you about that as like that, how that's influenced no, them? No, you know, there's a lot of people that have been influenced by Battletech, though. You hear it from them. It's like I went into you know, law enforcement because 
I like the game. I met some good gamers and they helped me kind of get through some hard times. And, you know, that helped me kind of decide that's, I want a career where I could help people. And, you know, so you get a lot of that type of stuff. I think, I think people did join the military in, in many respects, you know, not necessarily because of the clans, but uh, maybe to prevent the clans. <laughs> to prevent, yeah, yeah. 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 The clans were, the clans were, are, are difficult to write and they're complicated because they're sure. closest things we have to aliens in Battletech. Sure. Um, it's like writing the Klingons, you know, in Star yeah. Trek. It's that they are very much a Klingon society. And so it's, it, they're tricky to do. And I think Battletech influences people. It, it guides people. It definitely gets you into basic math skills. <laughs> you know, you have to, you, you get into it and the politics become very uh, visceral. I, I, it amazes me when, you know, I was watching an online debate today about stuff I put in the new book and people were just like, you know, no, 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 this is what he meant. No, 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 this is what he meant. And I'm, I'm actually chiming in going, no, this is what I meant. And they're like, no, no, that's no. not right. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure I got that right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I yeah. wrote it, but people are very attached to this franchise and the intellectual property around Battletech, the iconography of it. I mean, when you see a mad cat, it 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 res you know instantly you think 3050 i'm there i know exactly where that's from that has meaning to me um you know you see a battle master you're like okay i'm old school i'm 3025ing it now you know and those mechs have that certain iconic look to them and it clicks with people gotcha now let's talk about uh i guess the clans and the invasion how was that i mean because that it was a pretty monumental surge. I mean, one, how did you guys, did you have any plans on setting that up in the first place? That may be a stupid question. Like, oh, well, they left. Obviously, you guys stated that earlier on, like, oh, Kerensky's army's left. And then was that on purpose or did it just sort of like, oh, hey, we can actually use that for this large event? Mike Stackpole and Rob Charrett really had a lot to do with that early stuff with the, the clans coming back. The way it was presented to me was, you know, I got a phone call from Faza going, okay, we got a big event coming up. We're going to have you come to a writer's meeting and, and we're going to lay it out for you. But let me give you the short version. Kerensky's people are coming back. And I was like, yay, that's going to be fun. And they're like, yeah, don't get too excited. They don't look or act at all like what you'd expect. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds fun. Um, you know, and, and I got early copies of Mike's novels as they were coming. And I was like, holy shit balls. This is, <laughs> you know, the, these guys, you know, this is, they have a different lexicon, a different thinking, a different, and there were parts of it I always struggled with. I always struggled with the concept of bondsmen. I always struggled with Sohama warriors, you know, kind of being used as cannon fodder and stuff. The concept or just? Yeah, the concepts don't make, didn't make sense to me. And, okay. and we had this debate, the editor and I had this debate for the recent book where, you know, and it's when you deal with the fact checkers, they're like, no, no, Sohama used, you know, as cannon fodder. You know, that that's what they're used for. You can't have them teaching zip codes. And I'm like, wait a minute. So Marshall Society, if anybody lives to old age in that society, you, they may not have risen in rank, but if they lived, they're badasses. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's, you know, 
you're not going to have galaxy commanders out teaching except because yeah. they're busy running their galaxies. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to have Saul Hama doing that because, yeah. you know, you should look up to them. We don't, don't treat them just as cannon fodder. Yeah. I want to, you know, step away from that. And then the concept of bondsman works great when you're dealing with clan characters, I think. Although to me, the concept of, okay, well, you've conquered me now. So now I'm going to just, completely sell out all my old beliefs and believe yeah. your stuff. That's hard. It really, I always struggled with, and you had inner sphere bondsmen. Yeah. You know, Cause I was yeah. like, you know, you'd just be looking at them going, Hey, sure. Bondsman, whatever. Uh, yeah. First chance I get, I'm booked. I'm out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. if like, if it was another cleaner, like, okay, these are our rules. This is the society we live by. You know, I guess that makes sense uh, to that extent, but in the outside especially if you're capturing a inner sphere like yeah of course they would just try to get out of there as soon as possible right. like why wouldn't you like you know so um let me yeah, ask and you we always tend we always tend to tell those stories the the guys that stayed you know yeah felling felling cow and stuff yeah. but it's like yeah let, let's there's been a couple that are coming up where it's like let's tell the story of the guys that just say screw this i'm yeah. out <laughs> put more it's like yeah it's like if you were captured by the enemy and the enemy told you to work for them at any moment chance like yeah you'd you'd split and like especially if now opportunity or you you may play along to then take them out and then make her right. make her get away like yeah it totally makes sense um yeah so let, let me ask you what what i guess enticed you what was it the sci-fi nature like with the real world sort of implications not you know as far as like reading into like history and stuff like what what made BattleTech intrigue you or at at first was it as you said like hey you're gonna pay me i'll write i'll write you anything like what what was the inspiration there well i'm i am a military historian i write military history books too so to me, I loved the military aspect of it. It was it was solid. It was tangible. Um, you know, there there's just a lot to that that really drew me in. I like the fact that with BattleTech, every faction that we have, and that includes the clans, they have strengths, they have weaknesses, but none of them are the bad guy. It wasn't until we got to the jihad, and you had the word of Blake, that you said, okay. These are just genuine, like screwed up bad guys. There's no, there's no positive aspects to them. So you know, you have fans out there that that are Capellan fans, yep. die hard. Yeah, both of them. Uh, you have fans that are out there for the Federated Sons. You know, and and they love their faction, and their factions have ups and downs, but none of them are perfect. And sure. you know, after all these years of warfare, we no one's been able to take Terra and hold it, yep. do those things. So it's, it's a fascinating thing to me. I like that aspect of it. Cause if you have one faction, that's just the bad guy, it, it, it's a little cardboard and it doesn't feel right to me. Gotcha. When, when you, when you dove into the universe, how was it establishing characters and like, especially like, uh, characters over a period of time, um, you know, like, did you have a, a, a essence like, hey, this guy's going, I need a, he's going to be alive 30 years down the road. Or like, how does that work through a writer? Again, again, I'm not a writer. I'm a moron. So like, <laughs> how, how does that, how does, how does that go through your process? Well, when I first started writing Battletech, I wrote stories that were based more on the story. 
they were plot driven stories and the characters were kind of there and you fleshed them out, but the story itself drove you. Later years, I've been writing about good characters because I found that, you know, as long as you've got a character people can identify with, it really clicks with them. The story isn't as important as the person. And I spend a lot more time talking about that. And we do plan out where these characters are going to go. Um, John and I were talking about one character that, that we were, I had created and he was like, well, here's what I want. I want you to kill this character in this book. And I said, no, no, no. Cause here's what I want this character to do in five years. Yeah. <laughs> I want this character to be in this position. He's like, Oh, I like that. You know, let's okay. You're right. We're not going to kill that character, but we have to kill somebody. So let's <laughs> <find them. You> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and yeah, so there's a lot of that type of stuff that, that we go through. I, there are certain characters that you just look up and you go, look, I may not be writing the next story, but I want to set these characters up so that if some other writer comes along, they can pick them up and tell a great story around that person. And that the readers are going to go, I know who that person is and I identify with them. Yeah. Certain characters, too, that I looked at over the years, I tried to develop characters that we're more closely mirroring where I was in my life and, and things that we hadn't seen a lot of in the Battletech universe. Archer Christofori was one of those, you know, this was a guy who rose up in rank, but wasn't, you know, he's a major you know? <laughs> and he was, a yeah, he was in a great unit, but he never really was this wonderful guy, but it wasn't until the civil war and his sister gets killed that he steps up and, and he, comes out of retirement. He's an older guy and says, look, I'm not going to put up with this shit. You know, let's yeah. organize a unit and go fight against Catherine Steiner, Davian. And, you know, so you, you go down that path and it's like, that, that was where I was in my life. I was an older yeah. person. And I'm like, why, why are we always writing about these 20 year old people yeah. in battle tech? You know, let's talk about somebody who's already done their bit for King and country. And yeah. so what happens to that character when something bad happens? happens i have a story coming out now about a father who goes to revenge his son that some jade falcons killed and because we've never told that kind of story and i'm like if i was a father and i lost my kid and stuff and i was ex-military i might just say i'm gonna go find that sob and kill him yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's tell that story and and that's yeah again it comes with as you get older you start going well let's tell some stories about older guys. Cause that's a little more appealing too for some people. And if you look at the fan demographics, I think it that's our age group. some of the fans. Yeah. And that's our age group. I mean, that fits me perfectly. I mean, being, you know, military vet as well. Like what if there was a conflict now? I want to, I'm not the same person as I was before. And I look at things differently and I hold things dear now that I didn't necessarily back then. Right. So, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, it all depends on where I'm at in life and where I want to, you know, what, what's going to tell a good story? What's going to be a character that really gives us some teeth to sink into that we go, okay, I like that character. I want to know more about what's going to happen with them. The story becomes almost inconsequential to the character, I think. Yeah. And one thing that I really like about the battle tech novels, especially the ones that I really enjoy, is the character development. And especially like the small, even if it's, I wouldn't even say small plot, but it's like the focus isn't this 
huge part of the war or you know these huge battles it's like that intricacy of just like a few characters and a protagonist or antagonist and 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 um at least me personally and of course the big stuff is cool too but like uh especially i feel like some of the earlier novels too they had that benefit is things started scaling up if that makes sense especially the earlier ones there were small merc life small battles and there was you know a, maybe a big battle here or there but the, it, it got bigger and bigger especially as it got cl- closer to the clan invasion uh and then the clans invade and it's this bigger how was that for you uh, you know the scaling of the conflicts that were going on was that was that a fun thing to you know dive into and weave around it gives you more room to play which is great um the downside is you have to do a lot of tracking uh and for the jihad and i'll give you a good example for the jihad randall kept this massive spreadsheet and said here's where this unit is <laughs> and we did it for every unit And it's like, they're in this operation, they're on this planet on this day, they got wiped out here. This unit got wiped out here. You know, you you had to keep track of all of that. It it becomes a little more logistically challenging when when you deal with full-fledged armies. And it's harder to tell, I think, some of the battle stories. You know, it's, you you tell the story from some perspective of somebody in a cockpit you play MechWarrior online, so you know what it is. If you're out there with 12 mechs, you could probably tell a good chunk of the story. But there's stuff going on on the battlefield you're nowhere near that ends up being the the shit that decides who's going to win and who's not. And, you know, you didn't see it, but you got kind of faint reports over the radio about it. So I I found MechWarrior online to be very helpful to talk about some of these battles, you know, that as they go on, because it's very close to how the, the board game plays in some respects. So in that regard, let's go ahead and dive in. Um, I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember a Twitter message saying, Hey, I spotted a guy named, you know, Blaine Lee Pardo. And he's playing Mecha online. Is this the real? And then you, you were like, yep, that's me on Twitter. I think yeah. is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then I ran into you probably a month or so ago. And like, uh, yeah, I, it was funny cause I'm talking to my, uh, my Twitch chat and I'm like, my goal is to keep him alive as long as I can. And so like, <laughs> that was our goal. Like you were, you're running around in your Atlas one, how did you get into MWO and uh, two, I guess, get in maybe, how does that influence you looking at your storytelling? It, it's, it's a relaxer for me. I really enjoy it. And, and I, my call sign is Blaine Lee Pardo. And I have people all the time going, no, if he ever finds out that you're using his name, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And I'm like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> trust yeah, sure, bro. Me, I'm good with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, it's a great way to hide is doing it in plain sight. It, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I find it very useful because the tactics vary depending on you know how you play. But you know, there's always this collision point where it's like, okay, everybody mass here, and you know, it's interesting because that's a very human nature. And I see that when we play the board game too. You know that. You had, end up having a conflict, and everybody kind of concentrates on that one point, you know. <laughs> and and it, it's interesting because I think there's a certain part of human nature, even with military training, that you kind of go, "Safety, yeah, I'm going to rush in there anyway, even though I've got the long range weapons. I got to rush in there because, gotcha. yeah, because you 
got to do that. Um, I actually reward myself with MechWarrior Online. So when I finish a chapter, I go play three games. Okay, um, okay. If I finish a, something that I'm working on, you know, I go and play it. it. It's a lot of fun. It does influence me a little bit because I like watching how players react. I love the guys who think that they're General Frickin' Patton. You know, they get on there. All right, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to go to the left. You're going to go over here. I want you guys. You know, and I'm like, screw you, dude. I, 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 you know, I'm not following your orders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, you know, but when you, when fun. you're, when you're doing the storytelling, do you visualize now your battles as it would be like an MWO? Like, you know, some all I lasers do. firing and then you see, does that, does that some happen? I do. I would say it's I'm more influenced still by the board game. There are times I break out the dice, put two mechs against each other in Kyago. So damage wise, how how long would it take for this kind of a combat round to resolve itself and what would we see in terms of armor loss and stuff like that? Some of the concepts with MechWarrior Online don't work well for that. I think the PPCs are a little bit light in their kick. Yep compared to how they are in the board game because of balance yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there, there is and and i totally 100 percent get it so yeah. you know it it's a trade-off but i love playing it it's a lot of fun yeah i mean it's it's a blast to play you know i like it when i win and i really don't mind it when i lose yeah sure, sure and it's funny like reading in the novels i've always given the novel experience more of a visceral real life like a supersonic round going down range isn't 15 points of damage. Like that's not real. Like I've shot right. main gun rounds. Like that's not how it works. Like, Oh, I just did X amount of damage, but I blocked. No, it's that thing punches through, you know, goes out the other side and then, you know, and I've always just sort of in my head. And when I'm reading, I, especially now that I am an adult and I've had those experiences, I, I read the novels in a completely different way. And I just feel like it's this, uh, just the chaotic and destructive nature that would be going on with these uh, weapons uh, of war. And of course, I've got the images of, you know, the new art uh, as far as MWO. Now we have Catalyst Game Labs as well as with their version. Can we talk about that just for a second uh, of of sure. art? Like how, have, how has that been? Did you have any uh, say or influence? Like, uh, yeah, and of course, how do you feel about the artwork transitioning from the old 2D line art to what we have now? I, I like the new art. Uh, I definitely like the new sculpts for, you know, oh, the yeah. Mech Warrior Kickstarter. I mean, they're beautiful. I got my box today, yep, so I yep, will say. Yep. I was very happy with it. Um, I like the art. Uh, yeah, the fans are very sensitive about that stuff. I mean, you know, they if the timber wolf doesn't look at the way they picture a timber wolf looking, <laughs> yeah, they wig out, I, you know, and I kind of view it in mech warrior online. Most of the mechs I can identify when I'm behind them. Yeah. You know, I can tell a Highlander versus Zeus, you know, and I, I know what I'm, you know, to me, it, it becomes very much second nature. Uh, I think the artwork is great. I really enjoy it. I don't have a lot. I shouldn't say it. I used to not have a lot of influence with the stuff that we're building up to for hour of the wolf yeah you know, i said we're going to need new mechs we're going to need and this is you know we talked about the tactical doctrine why would we be introducing new mechs what, what's the purpose so the dominator when we did that and you know divided we fall we said this is the thinking behind this 
and Brent would actually give me art lined artwork and go, so what do you think? Is this what we're looking at? And I'm like, that that's along the lines of what I'm thinking. Uh, and we did that with a bunch of new Macs that are coming out. So, you know, it, I did get some influence on it. Sure. So that was fun, but you know, and I designed the dom- the first pass of the dominator and then Brent made it work better. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, you have to do that. There's the, some of these guys really, the way they min max the builds on these Macs is absolutely incredible. So. Yeah. And you see a lot of that in, in MWO as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, of course the Timby is my favorite, so I can't say anything. I have a, I'm very particular. I've talked to, um, Anthony Scroggins so much. I had him on a podcast as well. Uh, I mean, Alex, uh, Glacius as well with his MWO version. And then we've had the old classic as well. Um, sort of, uh, um, you know, the line art and the line art back then to me as well. I mean, it was a different age. I mean, a lot of the 2D stuff when it was originally done for the IS, I mean, it was what, 10 plus years of a leap to when the clan started coming out. I don't remember the exact time, probably over that then. Yeah, it had to have been to where that, that line art and it, the clans had a very distinctly different, uh, some were more round shape and organic shape and not just like these. I mean, the original stuff, now, I've been really critical of it. And to the artists that did all those, this isn't hating you. It's just, it is what it is. But the original light art uh, was, yeah, it was it was what it is. But like, I still have these fond memories, like looking back and like thinking how amazing they were and then skip forward, you know, 15 years and you see new designs and you're like, yeah, but these are so much better. Um, but yeah, we're, we're fickle as a fandom. We're very fickle oh, as far as like uh, if yeah. something changes. We're very, mm. We don't like I it. had guys tearing apart the sculpts, you know, they're, they're <laughs> measuring them and comparing them against the previous ones. Yeah. I'm like, stop doing that crap, man. You're yeah. just going to give yourself an ulcer. Uh, you know, these are the new sculpts. I, I like them. I think yeah. they're good. I like the stuff on MechWarrior Online too. I really do. Yeah. And I know people kind of chief about it, but I'm like, you know, come on. We got guys that paint the word boom or Karita on the back of their Mac, you know, and, and I enjoy that. That has actually spilled into some of my stuff too. Yeah. You know? Cause it's like call signs become a little bit more prevalent by writing because of MechWarrior online. Uh, there's some really hilarious ones out there too. Oh yeah. Paint jobs too. Like you'll see googly eyes on certain Macs and it just makes you stop. And like, yeah. that is actually sort of funny. Like, yeah, that is. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, some of the bolt-ons too, when you throw in the color coordination that they do and some of the like, I don't know, the classic to me is like the the spikes on like the Yen Lo or whatever. It looks like it's out of a Solaris, you know, Gladiator sort of thing. And yeah, yeah, I, I dig yeah. it. Um, okay, so l- let's talk a little bit about uh, Battletech and uh, something that I'm not very familiar with and I need your you to educate me a little bit. Um, I went in the military sort of around the time where the books uh, stopped, if you will. 3067 happened, you know, Victor came back and lost his king, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, Operation Bulldog Serpent was just wrapping up, basically. That's that's where I ended. Uh, and and I have all the novels. And then the, the, the I'm going to say the word, and I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about the Dark Age, the Jihad. A lot of people uh, were caught off guard by that. Um, can you just sort of walk through the, the, the history there and maybe why decisions were made like that? 
I wasn't involved in the decisions during that. It, it was a, it was truly a dark age for battle tech okay. in some respects. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like the dark ages. It's an, it's an era. Okay. The jihad, I'm not a big fan of. The okay. Jihad. And what time frame was that? The jihad, because we were talking about 3067 is when, you know, Victor was coming I, back. I, I'm sort of like I said, I, I need to get some catching up to do. But like the jihad's like. 30 years or whatever because it jumped 70 years right the, as far as the the new novels jumped like yeah years, right? it, it i don't remember the exact year we kicked off the jihad um you know there was there was a lot of things going on one was the release of the click max you know for the dark ages sure. and they advanced the timeline to do that so they did this big jump which during that jump in the timeline was when the jihad had happened okay. and the dark ages you pick up after that where it's like okay what's happened is this formation of the republic of the sphere um which devlin stone built which was around terra and and you know all the surrounding it was a hege hegemony type uh terran hegemony type realm um, he had built this realm in the middle and convinced somehow to all the world powers and all the house governments and clans to disarm, um, which I, my running joke is, I, you know, this game's called Battletech, so anytime you start disarming, it becomes peace tech and nobody wants to play that. Then the HPG network goes down, Devlin Stone disappears into retirement or wherever. Um, turns out he froze himself. But yeah, and the minute the communications goes down, everybody starts rearming and they go to war. The problem was during that period, and, and I was kind of caught in the cusp of this as both a fan and a writer, the click mechs came out and I loved them because I had young kids at the time. So I could play click mechs with them yeah. and it was fun. And we played huge battles with our friends. I mean, it was just a, it was a blast. I enjoyed the click mechs and I still have all mine. I, I thought it was great. The problem was the classic Battletech fans felt like, whoa, 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 that's the future. And we don't like it. <laughs> we don't like the click mechs. We want to play classic Battletech. And that's really during the period where you see WizKids and Fan or um, FanPro kind of coming in and then later Catalyst going, fine, we will fill that gap, you know, between the Civil War and the Dark Ages with the Jihad. We'll, we'll go explore that. And the fans were like, okay, good. That means classic Battletech goes on. But there was this hatred and resentment of the Dark Ages stuff. On top of that, and this was the hard part for me as the writer, Mike Stackpole wrote the first book that kicked off the Dark Ages. And after that, you see none of the uh, old core of writers writing for several years. And I reached out to him and I said, at WizKids, I said, I want to write Battletech still, so let's go. And I was told, well, no, we're going to hire real authors. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to hire guys who know what they're doing because we don't think you've done a really good job with it. Wow. And the editor was kind of a bitch about it. And uh, I, I was like, I've got all these books published. I've written a lot of the canon. I've written novels. Yeah, yeah but we're going to get better writers to do this. And they brought in writers who didn't know anything about the Baltic universe. Yeah. And the first few years of the Dark Ages novels, which advanced the storyline, were horrible. <laughs> just uh, 
hot, steamy mess of weirdness. Then the last few years, you got guys like Lauren Randall, myself, and a few others who came back, were brought in, and we said, okay, let's straighten all this stuff out. And we really started organizing it well. And it was just really kind of picking off, taking off and getting going, you know. So you know, we, we've been working through that whole era, which is coming to an end shortly. We're moving on to the next era. So that's kind of fun. I, I think it was it was a dark time for the fans. I, uh, I always tell the classic Battletech fans, don't hate the guys who got in with the click max. Yeah, it was, it was really popular. I remember it was very yeah. popular, uh, very successful. I think a lot of people enjoyed it. I was a little bit obviously younger, so I couldn't afford them all. Um, but it was it was one of those where I remember that, like the card game and stuff. It was it was quite popular. A lot of people, a lot of people played it. So yeah, it, and it brought in new fans, and a lot of those fans are people who bought into the Kickstarter and yeah. bought into all the new stuff. So yeah. you know, don't don't trash it too bad because for some people that's their fond memories of sure. coming into BattleTech. Just okay. like there's people that remember the thirty twenty five era, the you know, okay. and I always, the clan invasion. I always just wondered what happened because like from my point of view, it was like everything you knew was gone. Like the clans had changed fundamentally, you know, given up like everything, uh your all your characters that you knew and loved were either dead or they were really, really old. Uh so I remember like that was just sort of like it, it was definitely a departure. So obviously you guys have been uh, writing new novels. And speaking of which, we actually do have a new one uh, that you just came out. Um, before we get into that, because I'm really excited about it, um, the the novels that you guys have been coming out, what, are, we, are we talking about, uh, what kind of time frame are we talking about? This is during the, the Civil War? These just, books just take context. place at the end of the dark era, or the okay. dark ages. So it's thirty one forty five through thirty one fifty one. Okay, um, that's when these books will cover, and it, it will bring closure to the to the dark ages as well as several other major storylines, and lay the foundation for all the next generation stuff that will be coming so we're introducing a lot of new characters etc that will be those heroic characters you kind of see and grow throughout the whole thing um it's taken a lot to kind of get us to this but it's really good and it's you know i think for some fans they're going to cheer because hey the dark ages is officially gone it's like okay but we're not just ending an era. We're kind of starting something new. new. And, and the other thing this does once and for all is settled the clan invasion. <laughs> okay. You know, the clan invasion began 3050, actually 3049 if you want to get technical. The, um, you know, this is 3151, 100 years plus has passed. Yeah. We're going to get to a conclusion of the clan invasion finally. Yeah. yeah. So. We'll I mean, see how that plays out. <laughs> I never understood like how you would tackle like even back then. Like I understood maybe the necessary like idea of like okay, you've had the same old. You've had uh, you know this huge war. You've had this invasion of the clan. You've okay. Star League reforms fights back. It's this like it's this this cyclical 
cycle that, you know, I sort of made reference to using history. We, we repeat ourselves. Like, you think we learn, but just like the inner sphere, the, like, where do you go there? And and then that's where, like, I would say the jump forward, it does make sense because it, in a way, it gives you a fresh start, right? To basically say, okay, what's the next evolution? Because where else would you go? It comes back and you just, it falls back into the same cycle again, you know? And so, like, I, I can understand uh you know what they were trying to with the dark age and, and so forth and sure and and i've been told by a few people that funny enough you said the later novels but i've been told actually that the dark age got better obviously because of you guys getting back involved i'm sure so you know. i like to think so i i'm I felt like we were working off a theme and we were driving towards some direction that we're finally concluding now but you know, it was a struggle for the fans and I understand where the fans are at. So we're going to give a treat for the fans, especially now with the box set coming out, you know, for the clan invasion, you'll be able to see where that goes, you know, and really kind of see the foundation for things going forward. And I think that's going to be exciting for people. I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, it will. I mean, like I said, it, it, speaking of which, uh, the resurgence of battle tech in general, like how has that been for you? I mean, obviously from a, being able to write again uh, like that's how has that all been i mean new games new novels new tabletop new tro's new source books i mean i don't know what else is in the works at catalyst but i'm sure it's probably more stuff too so i love it it's been a great time i retired early i'm uh, 57 i retired early last year um in october and I retired right at a time where it's like, Hey, we need tons of fiction. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I finally have time to write this stuff. Yeah. And it's been a blast. I mean, I, I have loved it. Um, pulled out some hair along the way, but it's been well worth it. It's been a really good time to be in Baltic. I try to engage with the fans as much as possible on social media. Sure. You know, if they ask questions, I'll try to answer them. Sometimes I give a snarky little answer, but <laughs> you know, I'm going to respond. You know, and, and I think the fans enjoy the dialogue and the give and take and things along those lines. Sure. They, the fans are starting to get hyped about stuff too. We've had a slow build up to the uh, hour of the wolf in terms of fiction and we're back to where fiction's kind of driving the universe for a long time during the jihad everything was source book material yeah. and so you you would find out the death of your favorite unit or a favorite commander it's like two sentences in a source book it's and you're blur. like okay yeah. I spent 15 years reading all these novels and getting tied up with this character and you're just going to kill him with two sentences. <laughs> Not even a paragraph. Book. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. People got pissed about that. And I was one of them. I, I am a critic of the Jihad. I, but we've really, you know, Catalyst has really made a, an emphasis to say, look, fiction is going to drive where we're going. Awesome. So it's going to be like the old days back when Mike was writing some of the anchor books and stuff where it's like, boom, this is, this is the big universe shaking event. Yeah. And everybody's going to hang their stories kind of off of that or, or based off of that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for answering earlier too, like that you guys do get together and organize three years or four years, you know, is that, that just to, so there's continuity and then on top of that, obviously, just from a planning, I'm sure 
that helps dramatically. But um, let's talk about, uh, I just got something in the mail yesterday and I feel like this is the least I can do because you had uh, the time to spend with me. Let's talk about your latest book. And that is <laughs> The Children of Kerensky. Now this arrived on my doorstep. This was actually a gift. Uh, which I'd like to say a quick shout out to Tori. Thank you for gifting me this. This is awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about it. And uh, of course, you don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, how did this well, come about? <laughs> when we talked about what we're going to do with Hour of the Wolf, which is going to be the big pivotal book that will be the next big book, um, we had to have some background stuff. And to do that, we had uh, Divided We Fall, which is Alaric reaching out, Alaric Ward reaching out from Clan Wolf to Wolf's Dragoon saying, I'm going to need you on Terra. <laughs> then we moved from that to, to the next book, you know, which was Rock of the Republic, which really told the Republic side of the story. Devlin Stone was back. We're preparing for a clan invasion or the Compellens. We're digging in. We're building new units, new mechs. We're going to fight them, you know, on the beaches, in the cities, on the hills. You know, we're going to win. And then with this book, it's really an origin story. It goes and looks back at the two primary clan characters, Malvina Hazen for the Jade Falcons and Alaric Ward for the Wolves. It starts with them in their youth and kind of comes forward about their different philosophies, principles, thinking towards the invasion of Terra. And we actually end with ships jumping into the Terran system. <laughs> and uh, it, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting story. It gives you a good contrast between the two clans. Because I think a lot of times we cookie cutter the clans. And it oh, yeah. helps People that do. we cookie-cutter clan warriors. I mean, we breed them in bottles and sure. put them on shelves. Um, a lot of know, people don't know that, though. Is like the if you have only played the video games or if you've only read a few, the it's just as different. I mean, you have you have clans that have cons that are elderly, but yet yeah. Jade Falcon, Clan Wolf, Smoke Jaguar, and Ghost Bear, you're not going to see that or. Uh, older, you know, in uh, the different caste system, some castes are equal, like th that's how they look at it. Whereas some is nope, warrior on top. If you're not a warrior, meh, you know, we, we just don't. I mean, so there is a dramatic difference in the clans themselves. But if you don't read, I would say the source books would be the primary material for a lot of that stuff. Uh, you wouldn't know because some of the, the novels don't really dive into it as, as deep, right? Well, and I wanted to tell the story of, of these two kids with a dream to go conquer Terra and forge a stellar empire, sure. boy and a girl, you know, and everyone should have goals. Uh, <laughs> Just take over, but, you know, the, the inner sphere. Yeah, yeah. But when you when you go down that path, both these characters have been established in fiction already in the Dark Ages novels, and it's sprinkled over, I say, eight or nine novels that these two characters are developed. And, and I didn't want people to have to go back and try to find these out-of-print books <laughs> to try to figure out what was going on. So you have to almost do this as an origin story. The problem is both of the characters, they're not good guy, bad guy. They are different sides of the same coin, one a little more intense than the other. And so you, what you really wanted to do is 
how do we tell the story of those two characters? Well, the problem is neither character is real cuddly. They're not, you, it's hard to identify with those characters. Yeah. And, and so the way you do that is introduce the supporting characters around them. And, and they give you the insight as a reader as to who these people really are. And you kind of bond with the other characters as much as you do then with those folks to understand their thinking. So it, it to me, it was a fun character book. Um, the plot is a thin plot. It's an origin story. Okay. Some origin stories play out real well. You go to X-Men First Class, great origin story you know, movie. You watch that movie and you're like, okay, that's cool. I, I know where the X-Men came from. Some are like Wolverine. <laughs> yep. Like, okay, that's really lame and, and like where that goes. So I like to think we're getting closer to the X-Men First Class type thing here. Um, but I really wanted to introduce these characters so that when readers get to Hour of the Wolf, they all the stage is set by the end of this book. All the players are known. <laughs> Everything is, all the cards are on the table. So when we get to Hour of the Wolf, we can deal with what happens when all of these forces come together. And that's going to be fun. It's just, it's a blast. I feel like I need to read the other knot. Like I'm one of those where like, I want all the backstory. So like, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to find the other novels. Like I said, I, I, I collected some, I would say some of the dark age, but I never read them, which again, shame on me, I guess. But, uh, I need to go and, and dive into the ones, uh, like I said, especially those end ones. Cause, um, I feel like it'd be a disservice. I don't know. I don't know if, I've read the majority of the original Battletech books, the majority of them, uh, all at least once, but the majority of them at least two or three times, and some more so, uh, just because, you know, when you were younger, that's all I had or whatever, and, you know, until later on I was able to collect. So, um, with this being launched, by the way, I love the fact of these are print-on-demand, uh, which oh, yeah. I so wish we could do with the older ones as well. Like, I don't... I don't know how that works as far as rights and copyright and stuff, but like, man, just like, and I know some have, uh, like, uh, some, some, and especially the ones that come like an individual. And then some have been like, if it's a trilogy, I know some have been, uh, uh, reprinted and stuff, but like the print on demand is fantastic. Um, uh, this in particular, for those that are wondering is on Amazon, you can get it as a Kindle and the paperback here. Um, I'll have links down below uh, in the description. So you guys, if you're wanting to, to pick them up, um, and of course, uh, you know that you're supporting that guy right there too uh, by uh, uh, getting it. But uh, so this is setting the stage for the, it would be like the culmination of, and then also the start of something new, basically. That's sort of what yeah. you're getting at, right? Is like this, yeah. it's going to bring something to an end. <laughs> But with every end, there's a new beginning. You know, and the scope of this is staggering. Um, <laughs> a typical Battletech book in the day was 65,000 words. The old rock paperbacks, you yep. know, that you collected. Those are 65,000 words. This book that you're holding is 65,000 words. So it's the equivalent of the yeah. old rock paperbacks. Um, with all the rewrites of the changes we've done, it hasn't gone through its final edit so i'm sure they'll cut parts out hour of the wolf right when i sent it in was 169,000 words yeah, it's so few. it's two and a half novels worth yeah. of material um because you we didn't 
you know, this is the biggest event that we have done Battletech wise, probably in 15 years. Yeah. You know, and that's huge though, because I mean, you guys are, you're setting the stage for the tabletop, everything, all the products that are going to be coming out. The, yeah, every, every, no pressure, by the way. None whatsoever. Oh, yeah. I, I, believe me, I sleep well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, and I've been loving how the fans have been posting up on social media what all their theories are once they're done with this book as to how this is going to play out. And there's only one guy. One guy freaked me out because he pretty much hit the nail on the head. Oh. And I was like, ah, but I didn't tell him. So yeah. it's, he, he has no idea. Play. But one guy was real close. The others, some of them, my first reaction is, where do you buy your weed? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's really fun because John's really, my editor, John Elfers, has been great. He's like, look, let's tell really good characters in this. I've got tank crew in this, in the upcoming Hour of the Wolf, that is my absolute freaking favorite. Because I've talked to tank crews, talked to tankers who are together in the dialogue between them. You're looking at one. Oh my God, this okay. is so weird. I was going to bring, I literally was telling my wife, I was like, I should ask him why there's no like tank characters. of, so, And that is weird, but awesome. Oh, I, I've got the, I've got these two clan wolf tankers that are, they're just bantering back and forth during the battle. And it's all snarky little, you know, like, yeah, you missed driving through that building. Well, I turn around, drive through it again. Yeah, maybe you can catch it the next time around. Shut up. I'm, you know, take your shot. You know? yeah. it, it's that kind of camaraderie that you get with warriors that you're working really close with. Yeah. And I'm sure you can identify with that, yeah. that, you know, you knew when somebody broke wind in the tank, who did it? You yeah, know, that was, that was me. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, me. Yeah, it's just, you know there's that camaraderie and stuff. And we really captured it with us. Those characters are my favorite freaking characters in the whole book. And, and everybody who's gone through the draft has gone. I wasn't sure about this character. I like this character. These two tankers made it for me. <laughs> fantastic. That is so, Oh my gosh. That's so weird because I was going to ask you, Hey, what's up with the, the lack of, uh, you know? Yeah. Well, there you go. Like that's, that's great. I look now, forward we to it. to tell this story from aerospace perspective, from elemental perspective, from an infantry perspective, battle max, the super heavies, which are the 135 tonners that, sure. you know, the Republic fields. We really wanted to tell the story from ground perspective because it's, it's a huge battle. Seriously. That just, it's an entire battle two battles really for earth and when you're going through it at that level you can't tell it at the top level that's boring that's telling Patton's story in the movie Patton. the real fun story is the guys on the ground who are fighting and we do that and some of them make it some of them don't but there's some awesome things that happen so well, that Little was candy that, for everybody there. I was going to say that was actually a question um, that I got from someone, which was, have you ever had to kill off a character that you just had a really tough time doing it? Like, you yeah, just really didn't want to. In Divided We Fall, I had this character who was an old Wolf's Dragoon character. 
and he's talking with the clan wolf guy that's there trying to get them to come. His name was Doc Crouch. And it, and it's based on, I've been incorporating in all my books, the actual fans. So when I need names, I reach out to the fan community and I incorporate them in the books. Doc Crouch is an actual guy. There's a guy named John Doc Crouch's call sign is Doc. And, and I love this character. He was just, he was old. He was gristled. Yeah, you know, he was a drinker. You know, he'd get drunk while he piloted a battle mech. You know, and he fought better when he drank, you know, and, and he was that kind of guy, you know, and I loved Doc. And John called and he was like, I think you ought to kill Doc. And I'm like, no way. Doc is cool. I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, that would tear me apart. And he goes, if it's good to tear you apart, imagine what it'll do to the reader. Fans. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's so I killed Doc. He got a good grief scene. And, you know, it, it was good, but it was like, uh, and I, when we did the novella, The Anvil, they told me that you're going to have to kill uh, General Hasek Davion, or not Hasek Davion, but uh, Kelsa Steiner. You're going to have to kill him. And I was like, his death really is a short scene, but I did the burial scene. And it's kind of, there's a scene where they literally like are doing Shakespeare, you know, and there's a great line I threw in there that only Shakespeare could truly understand the clans. And they give this heroic speech, you know, just like the Agincourt speech from Henry V, you know, we're going to go charge the enemy. We are a band of brothers. We have a very similar speech and they're taking his ashes and smearing them on their foreheads, you know, before they go into the battle. And it's like this great motivation. It was like his death scene wasn't that big of a deal. The, The way that the leaders took it to energize the troops that were demoralized that was something yeah. and i felt bad that i had to kill him to do it but it was totally worth it <laughs> yeah, that, i mean it almost has like i mean uh I, the first thing that pops in my mind is uh you know of course the warrior cast but like almost like uh how the vikings would celebrate their their buried dead and you know yeah. their, their actions and spur him on to victory and like hey you know and that's what just popped in my head when when you were talking about that absolutely i i love that stuff and I, as a historian i look to that stuff and go how can i capitalize on that because that's what people would do they yeah. they have the same culture they're looking back what would they leverage from from mankind's past to to do that we don't take enough time to really do that with some of the characters but losing doc was hard (laughs) i can't tell you but you know i get it and it did have an impact with readers i've had people reach out to me and they're like oh man i really you know and i'm like yeah but this is war so you're going to lose people you're attached to and it's good that in a novella you got attached to this guy who's got sure. probably 30 lines in the book, but you got attached to it. Yeah. You lost him. And that that's good because you're now feeling the same thing the characters are feeling. So yeah. I like that aspect of it. I don't like having to kill characters, but after Hour of the Wolf, I've killed so many people. <laughs> but I'm Prepare yourself. So, yeah. so staggering. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, th- I remember... I remember the like the one shocking moment. I, I really remember this legitimately when uh, Operation Serpent, when Morgan dies. I remember putting down the book and I, I didn't read it for like three days. I was so pissed. Like I was like, and of course, I'm, I don't know. I'm like 
15. I don't know, something yeah. like that. Like, you know, it was such a big deal. I was like, why? No, this bullshit. This can't happen, you know, and just had to walk away and not read it for a few days. But uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I get the, you know, like I said, I'm a big nerd. Like I said, I, I've been engrossed in literally battle tech in my entire life. Pretty much, like, really, if we're honest, like, I mean, since you're 12 years old, I'm 36 now. I mean, it's just one of those that's been a part of my life. So, you know, um, wow, that's awesome. Um, I, I did have another uh, question. Um, we already answered the uh, how'd you get into MWO and, and how you play it and stuff like that. And with, uh, but do you have a, if, if someone comes to you and says, hey, I've been playing MechWarrior or I play the tabletop, but I've never read the novels, where should I start? Do you have a recommendation for that? You know, it, it's really hard. First of all, there's so many. And, you know, to me, I always kind of go, what era do you like? And if they don't know, it's like, look, if I steer you, I'm either going to steer you to the Warrior Trilogy by Mike Stackpole, or I'm going to steer you to Bill's, you know, great death legion trilogy if you don't know if you have zero background in battle tech you're going look i just want to know some of the fiction i steer them there i will always steer people to bob sherritt's stuff on wolf's dragoons the you know those were great books and they still stay i reread them not too long ago when i was doing the my dragoons novella and they stand the test of time yeah you know, they're really good. And I like, if you want a good standalone book, you steer them over, you know, to Bob Sherritt's books on Wolfster Goods. But if you start there, then you can kind of go, okay, where that gives you enough foundational stuff about how battle mechs work and how battles operate. Go from there and you can go wherever you want to go. Gotcha. You know, so if you like more of the political stuff, you do the succession wars. If you want to get more into blow stuff up you know you can move on to some of the later eras yeah um how much does technology influence you like as far as nowadays does any of that make its way into the novels at all like or the vision of like where technology may be going right now and do you use that at all in, in the novels or at least stories you know it's funny we had note pewters before there were ipads <laughs> you know of course star trek had them too you know yeah. it, that was you know, some of the, we're kind of technology agnostic. Okay. And I say that, you know, because if you look at some of the weapons on the board game, the ranges are hopelessly screwed up, uh, you know, and the amount of damage a machine gun does. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's rules for missiles a game. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah just so yeah, you, you kind of have to go, look, there's a certain amount of hand wavium going on there sure. with technology. Uh, you want to be careful not to, try to tie it too much to stuff that's happening now because you don't know what the trend's going to be. And Battletech has proven this longevity. Um, you know, we're talking what, this is our 36, 37th year. Yeah. It's going on. Yeah. A Battletech. Um, the longevity of that is incredible. So you want to be careful that you don't sure. dive down a rabbit hole that you're going to regret in 10 years. Sure. Cause you guys have been pretty grounded and, and I guess that's what, like I was going to ask is like, uh, I mean, even, even comparison to, uh, Eastern sort of Mecca versus Western. I mean, you guys, again, sort of like how the mechs 
obviously you do have mechs doing cartwheels in some novels and they they have these humanoid or animal like movements or organic and stuff but you guys have they're not you know they're not doing crazy like gundam movements i mean you guys have kept you know sort of reality of 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 things out there and i think that's captured a certain audience you know yeah well you know there there's things that we still argue over i'm you know camouflage is a good one Sure. Every time camouflage comes up, I crack up. And that's where MechWarrior Online becomes very useful because it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm running at 97 kilometers per hour. Does it really matter what color I am? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm kicking up dust. I'm you know, doing all this stuff. And, and we spend a lot of time kind of talking through some of those nuances. Um, but we, we try to keep battle, you know, they're basically giant tanks. They're humanoid tanks in some respects. Uh, they're a lot cooler. Sure. I mean, I think, but you know, they, they've got the same kind of feel. It, it wouldn't take a lot to morph them into you know, world of tanks. You know, so I I don't know. I th I like the feel of them now. I don't like. I, I miss with MechWarrior Online not being able to punch or kick. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I get, you know, it's complicated enough as it is. I'm, I'm constantly looking around the freaking keyboard for something. But, <laughs> you know, but a, as I say that, you know, I that's one of the cool things about Battletech is it hasn't gotten into that whole anime kind of. Sure. We aren't doing cartwheels and stuff. And whenever we do something where it's slightly, it's not covered by the rules, we have a discussion about that. Sure. You know, like when Joanna killed Natasha Kerensky with jump jets, you know, there there was a discussion that was had about, yeah. can we really do that? And, yeah. you know, fans may disagree, but some discussions were held. <laughs> gotcha. Um, did you, uh, by any chance, uh, have any involvement or anything with the storyboard with Hairbrain Schemes and their Battletech game? Uh, or and no. have you played that at all? Um, I did play it a little bit. I, it was okay. Okay. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I I prefer being the feel of a cockpit. Okay. Yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah, really like the, the story uh, yeah. and the, the narration that they did. Yeah. It was good. I the part I didn't like is they added a whole new realm. Sure. And we had a running joke. We had the writers meeting about right, when we do the maps, are we gonna put that realm on there? <laughs> it, it, it's like no. Yeah. And there was a group going, well, we kind of have to, but do we want, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, we're yeah, not. Why couldn't you have just used what was already there? Like, right. I could see that. like there's plenty of awesomeness that you, but that is, I will say that is one of the tough things. Like if, if you're trying to make a mark for something new and it's got all this history, it's very slippery of like, oh, well, we want to do this unit. Well, that unit's dead or you know like oh well on this planet well this is what happened on this planet i can see where the difficulty lies you know oh yeah but they could have just reached out i guess like to some extent or even vice versa but not to put you guys on the spot hairbrain i was just asking a question no no hair hairbrain you know hey they did a great job with it good characters um decker always dies <laughs> <laughs> he literally so, yeah, died i have i have played a little yeah, Decker literally died on my first stream of, you know, in front of like, I don't know, we had like 800 people. Yeah, just died. Um, speaking of a narration or some type of like how the story is told, uh, you know, 
if this is an if if there could be a movie what would you like to see um no involvement by hollywood uh, <laughs> look i'm involved with some tv stuff right now wherever the money is they get to set what the course is mm -hmm. and i think that will upset fans because they won't necessarily adhere to the canon that we all know and love. They will take it a different direction. We've seen that with all the Marvel movies, sure. yeah. all the DC movies. And I, I, a lot of fans are always asking me, Oh, I really hope they put it on as a series. I'm like, you would regret that the minute it came out. Yeah. You know, the odds of you getting a Mandalorian level hit, <laughs> Yeah, very, very low. Pretty slim, you yeah. know. And, you know, I, I I, would love to see it. If we ever did it, I think I would love to see the fall of the Star League. Okay. That era. Take the pinnacle is, and that fall apart. Yeah, I would want to see Korinsky. <laughs> Okay. I want to see Krinsky's Orion kicking down, you know, the gates and apprehending Stefan Amaris. And, you know, I want to see the firing squad. I, I, to me, that's the culmination of it. If I were doing it, that story is one we haven't fictionalized a hell of a lot of. And it's the fall of Camelot. So it's, that is a story that would resonate. And I think there's some great character stuff that can be done there. I've been wanting to write that area for a long time, okay. but um, that would be the one era I would do. And, okay. and if they did that, as long as they kind of stuck to the basic, here's the six plot points you can't screw with. Yeah. That could be an awesome series. It could be an awesome movie. Um, yeah. I think people would be drawn to that. Yeah. I've sort of uh, said this on my stream and my viewers know this uh, with mech five out there, the mod tools that are available that leaves unreal fours, like like the whole cinematic uh, tool set is available. And I've just sort of like wondered like why, because it'd be a MechWare five, uh, you know, machinima, if you will, or like being able to storytelling, it's just a lot of work. I understand too, but like, I'm just surprised some fans out there have been haven't been like you know what hey we can make that work because you could do characters of course you could do fights or whatever but for me just like i don't know i just i see the potential there and i'm like oh man i'm a lot i i, I understand you like what you're saying there's that hesitation though because you know if it was to go down that route that it would be bastardized to some extent like no matter what you do it wouldn't potentially capture exactly what you you feel it should right and represents what you should well I, I put it up there with justice league my entire life i've read comic books i love comics <laughs> i have always wanted to see the justice league on the screen when i finally saw them oh i wasn't i i don't want to say i was disappointed that isn't what i felt i felt let down yeah because my expectations were way up and what they delivered was somewhere in the middle. And I, I'd worry that's how the fans would feel about it. And what is that? Um, is there a term for that too? Like, is there, I mean, as a, as a young person that plays a video game or reads a book or has an experience, we have this, just this memory of this being awesome. And then you jump forward and it's like, oh, well, the good old days. Is there a term for that? 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a weird, I, I can't think of any. Yeah. I, I've been experiencing it a lot lately. When I was doing a lot of writing early on, I was like, oh, I always wanted to write the big yeah. universe changing book in Battletech, you know, one of the big, big books. And I always was jealous when Stackpole would do them, you know, and I was like, oh, I really want to do that. Now that I've done it, I'm like, oh, God, I never want to do that again. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Yeah, I, I need a few years to recover from all this. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man, that's it's that's crazy. Well, I mean, I'm looking forward to reading this, but I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to read it just yet because I I want to do due diligence and read the other ones setting up this because I I have this huge gap from 3067 to fill, and uh, obviously I don't want to want to jump too forward, so. I'm going to, I'll get back to you. We're going to have to sit down after you, whenever timeline wise, this, this next series of events are, are, is this something with the next few years we're going to be uh, looking forward to, or is this something that book is done? Uh, I know when it's coming out, but I'm not allowed to say totally understand. Um, But it is sooner rather than later. Okay. Okay. And there's some reasoning behind that. There's gotcha. this is uh, such a big event that they're going to do some stuff with it. Sure. Yeah. Hands and, down. Which I think is great. Yeah. I'm I excited mean, about it. I'm excited because just going to toss this out here. I I have a theory, and you don't have to. Uh, obviously, you can just sit there and look pretty. Uh, Catalyst is going to do. I'm calling it now. They're going to do another Kickstarter. And what not better to do than uh, something along the lines with the new storyline jump? It just makes sense. And uh, new minis, new artwork, new stories, new TROs. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I've heard some ideas that were batted around, but um, I haven't heard the official word. I, it's weird. On the Kickstarter, the the day they announced it, I was I was like, dude. I'll be happy to write for that. And they yeah. let me write some of the material for, that we did during the Kickstarter and in the box and yeah. supporting stuff, but I'm not really in the loop on the Kickstarter. <laughs> so I had to buy it like everybody else. Gotcha. You know? gotcha. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, in some cases I think ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, with, again, I feel like it's, this crazy time that we're in because we do have all these uh battle tech stuff the table i mean like i said i just got my box as well uh and you do have this resurgence and you know i think it means a lot to a lot of uh my viewers out there listening because of you know what you just said which is you know hey we're not only committed but we know what you like and you're going to get more of that that's what i got of basically what you said I, I hope that's the case. And the stuff I've heard is all positive. I, I think it's going to different scenarios that have been run by me it will appeal to different groups. Sure. So, you know, it all depends. So I, I, there's a couple ideas out there that I heard that I was like, I really hope you guys are going down that path. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I don't get a vote here, but if I had a vote, it would be B. Gotcha. Understood. <laughs> well, I don't want to keep you for much longer, but, and, and before sure. I get going, uh, obviously you write more than just battle tech. Uh, if someone wants to find out more information, where do they go and how do they find you? 
you can look me up on the internet. I'm all over the place. Uh, I have a blog that I do every week that depending on what I'm writing. So sometimes it'll be military history. Sometimes it'll be true crime. Sometimes it'll be, you know, battle tech. So, you know, follow me on my blog. It's on WordPress, you know, it's Blaine Pardo. It's, uh, you know, easy to find. Um, and you can always follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and all those other places. I, I go to social media throughout the day and, you know, fans ask me questions all the time and I respond to them. Awesome. So, you know, it's part of, it's great. I think what the fans don't understand with, with a lot of us that are writers is we're huge fans of this too. So we get geeked out. My grandson, when I got the box set today, he was like, we're going to do an unboxing. <laughs> that's awesome. And he, he was right there with it. Yeah. Like, let's open it up. What's this? What's this? Yeah. Let's take yeah. a look at why, why was that in there? You know? And I'm like, well, they threw that in. And, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm just as big a geeky fan as everybody else. So sure. I, I get it. I understand where the fans are coming from. Gotcha. I just am allowed to test drive the car a little bit, you know, like, uh, you know, mom and dad leave the keys out for me and I get to drive it around, but I got to pull it back in the garage at the end of the night. So some other author can go drive it. Well, I just want to say thank you again. I got one last question before we sure. get off here. And uh, it's really important is uh, favorite faction. Ooh, well, I'll make it easy. <laughs> okay. All Climb right. Over All right. There you go. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, the uh, the Wolverines are great. To me, was a great story to tell in Betrayal of Ideals. And I love that story. It's early clan. It's, and, and you know, I had written most of the original canon around the Wolverines. And so I knew that the stuff was all written from the victor's perspective. So when I wrote Betrayal of Ideals, it was from the Wolverines' perspective. Yeah. And that was fun. Uh, it, uh, some fans loved it. Some fans to this day, it's like dragging fingernails down a chalkboard because they're like, you made Nicholas Krinsky out to be crazy. And I'm like, dude, he named his clans after animals wandering in his backyard. He was crazy, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I, I enjoy the Wolverines and the fans love it too. You know, they, they speculated all the time on, what's going to happen next? Are we going to see them and things? And now and then I sneak something past the editors and they get out there and th there's some stuff in the book that you have. There's a reference to mm, okay. the Wolverines that the fans have been all over. They're like, yeah. aha, see? we know something new now. It's and like then, the Illuminati, but it's Wolverines. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the Victor writes history and it's usually not, exactly what actually happened more often than the case there's a lot behind the scenes that of course you're going to put yourself in good light if you're the victors right so yeah the only place i found that it wasn't the case the marine corps did some histories of the battle of fallujah and stuff and i you know they they do some really fantastic history books yeah. and i i thought it was really good because it was one of the few government written historical books that really offered kind of a well-rounded perspective. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it, these weren't cardboard guys we were blowing up. This was what their thinking was. This is their strategy. This is their tactic. It was well done. And, and it was, I think 
fair. But yeah, most of the time when we write the history, it's our version of it. Yeah. And we're in an era now where there's multiple versions of everything. So you well, gotta cling to cling to what you believe. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been uh, inspiring. It's been influential. Like I said, I I'm super stoked because, like I said, I've been a BattleTech fan, and I just I've always wanted to talk to you and some of the other authors and sit down. And and of course, now you're saying probably gonna have multiple opportunities to hopefully maybe do this again in the future i think it'd be oh uh, hey awesome. after uh hour the wolf is out we should have a talk okay i we it's it's a deal it's uh well bargained and done how about that excellent awesome well uh again i'll have uh your your social media stuff down below so someone can find you and of course right. again for those that haven't done so uh latest book children of kerensky on amazon i'll have the link to the kindle and the paperback um for these so you can put them up on your shelves and read them and uh share them with your children because a lot of us are getting you know up in up in that age so that's happening as well sharing it with future generations that's uh that's pretty awesome that's yeah. fun so thank well, you thanks again. for having me i appreciate it did you enjoy that podcast if you did make sure to slam that like button don't forget to do that and of course if you are new and you haven't done so Click that subscribe button. You won't be disappointed. A lot more content like this will be coming to the channel. So again, just want to say thank you for being here. Leave a comment down below. What is your favorite faction as well? And uh, man, that was a fantastic uh, interview and sit down and chat with uh, Mr. Uh, Pardo. And uh, <laughs> of course, I call him Purdue. Purdue. And he's like, ah, it's Pardo. Oh my gosh, Phil. Ah. Anyways, it's all right. You live, you learn. Um, this podcast is supported by listeners and viewers like you. If you enjoy what I do, if you see value there and you have the ability, consider being a subscriber on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash TV. I stream Monday through Friday, 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And of course, I do have a patron as well. And again, this all comes down to what do you value the content as? Do you see value in it? And of course, if you're able to. Also, if you're going to be doing any shopping on Amazon, I have an associates link. What is that? It's basically where you click through it, you buy your items like you normally do, and I get kickbacks when you do that. Super easy, doesn't add anything to your cost. And when you check out, it just kicks back to me when you do it. So just wanna say thank you again for listening. Hopefully you found this fun, informative as much as I did. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. Until next time.